The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We bear greetings on this Sunday morning here in the nave of Marsh Chapel at Boston University. My name is Brother Larry Whitney. I have the privilege of serving as university chaplain for community life. I bear greetings on behalf of our dean, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, as he is away this week. Looks forward to being back with us next Sunday. A word of welcome particularly to alumni of Boston University who are joining us this morning as part of our alumni weekend activities. A very special word of welcome to our guest preacher this morning, a most distinguished alumnus of Boston University, in fact a triple terrier, the last of those degrees being of course the PhD, the Reverend Dr. Lawrence Edward Carter Sr., Dean of the Martin Luther King Jr. International Chapel and Professor of Religion at Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. We greet also, bear greetings also to his wife, Dr. Marvin Griffin, Marva Griffin Carter, uh, who joins us as well. Dean Carter will be preaching this morning on the theme of peace, his title, It's All About Peace, on the text from the Gospel of Matthew, the fifth chapter, the ninth verse, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. We note that Dean Carter, in addition to preaching here at Marsh Chapel in this hour, is being simulcast to a group of 50,000 Buddhist youth gathered in Atlanta, New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. They call themselves the Lions for Justice and Peace. He was pre-recorded for that event, and we are blessed to have him live here in Marsh Chapel. Now let us stand as we are able in the praise of God.
Let us pray. Grant us, Lord, not to be anxious about earthly things, but to love things heavenly. And even now, while we are placed among things that are passing away, to hold fast to those that shall endure. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Behold a broken world, we pray, where want and war increase. And grant us, Lord, in this our day, the ancient dream of peace. As we prepare for the word and the sermon and the worship in this hour, May our hearts and minds be turned to peace. May we confess our sins that we may become peaceful people. As the choir sings our traditional Kyrie, Lord have mercy. Bring, Lord, your better world to birth, your kingdom love's domain, where peace with God and peace on earth and peace eternal reign. Dear friends, if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the Epistle of James, chapter 3, verse 13, through chapter 4, verse 3, and verses 7 and 8. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. 
But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 1 with the antiphon. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on this law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither, and all that they do they prosper. The wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord, Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark, chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into, into the human hands, and they will kill him. 
and three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he, sat, and when he was in the house, he asked him, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another up who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them. And taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, world without end, let everyone say, Amen. Brother Larry, thank you so very much for your warm introduction, and greetings to everyone here. What a blessing and a joy it is to be back at Boston University, standing in Marsh Chapel, looking into your beautiful faces. And I am delighted to be here at the generous invitation of Dean Robert A. Hill. Today is especially significant for me because this is my appearance day. I'm very thankful that I've made it once again around the sun. I would say a whole lot more, but I've been warned that I only have 21 minutes. <laughs> but I think I'm going to just add, the university looks wonderful. So a shout out to President Robert Brown and to Catherine Kennedy and to Dean Ken Elmore for the unusual paradigm shift in the rollout of the Howard Thurman Center that's going to have long-lasting effects across the university and I believe internationally. Our text for this morning is one of the Beatitudes, the fifth chapter of Matthew, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I've given that short verse a label, and I want to speak with you for a little while from the topic, it's all about peace. It is a tragic irony that 50 years ago, on the night of April the 4th, 1968, I was chatting during an intermission at a play in the George Sherman Union here at Boston University. The play was about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. And suddenly I saw a hand tap my homiletics professor, Dr. Robert Luckhock, on the shoulder. The arm belonged to Dr. Walter G. Mulder, the venerable dean of the School of Theology. The two men walked out of the auditorium, but I could still see them and a worried expression on Dean Mulder's face. I decided to interrupt them and ask if something was wrong. And Dean Mulder told me that Dr. King had been shot in Memphis. After I regained my courage to speak, I asked if he was all right. And Dean Mulder replied, 30 minutes ago, he died. Powerful emotions rushed up in me. I froze, deeply shaken, 
I knew instantly that I would never be the same. I took my girlfriend, Marva, who's seated here today as my wife of 49 years, I took her by the hand and we walked out of the George Sherman Union and east on Commonwealth Avenue in silence until we reached an unlit Marsh Chapel. We entered and we sat on the last pew on this side, the left side of the nave. And with tears streaming down my face, I whispered the prayer, Lord, help me to do something significant for Martin Luther King Jr. before I close my eyes. And so, for 42 years, I have held positions connected to globalizing Kingian ideals, three at Boston University and 39 at Morehouse College. My prayer in this chapel that historic night was a vow to have a ministry of peace. King's 12 and a half years of public nonviolent leadership powerfully influenced by Howard Thurman, was all about peace. Fifty years after the funeral of Martin Luther King, Jr., we are all trustees of the world with unconditional responsibility for the world's progress on rights, freedoms, justice, and peace. We have a moral imperative to raise the tone of democracy and bring the cosmos closer to its ancient ideals. Five decades after King's assassination, we are spotlighting his noble, graceful, eloquent, loving, and transformative leadership of peace in the epic battle against the theft of our civil, economic, and human security rights. On the afternoon of April 4th, 1968, Dr. King made several phone calls. One of them was to Dora McDonald, his secretary at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, to give her the title of his sermon for the ensuing Sunday, Why America May Go to Hell. Had Dr. King lived to preach his sermon, he might have reminded us of the words of Jesus, that violence against children is violence against the kingdom of heaven. Violence shows us the way to hell. The kingdom of heaven 
is all about peace. There is no better description of violence against the kingdom of heaven than immigrant children being separated from their parents and being housed in cages, some even nursing from their mother's milk. Isn't it interesting how young people seem to always be at the forefront of leading, initiating, or being the catalyst for historic change in the world? Martin Luther was just 34 years old when he sparked the Protestant Reformation by pinning his 95 theses to the chapel door for debate. Over a dozen signers of the United States Declaration of Independence were younger than 35. Children protested and changed labor laws in the coal mines in the United States in 1903. Three teenagers and a young adult sat down at a Woolworths lunch counter in Greensboro, North Carolina in 1960, demonstrating the courage that resulted in repeal of the Jim Crow laws across America's southern states. Martin King was only 26 when Rosa Parks kept her seat on an Alabama bus. Students and young adults brought an end to America's involvement in the Vietnam War. Chinese students in Tiananmen Square in 1989 stood down a heavily armed military to demand democratic reforms. Prince Harry and Meghan are showing the world how to move toward a more integrated, multicultural, interracial social order, pointing the way to a better future for our badly divided planet. Young survivors of school shootings in the United States are advocating for change in gun policy, just as Princess Diana did with the issue of HIV-AIDS. And Barack and Michelle Obama were an unimaginable dream for me as a pre-baby boomer. The Me Too movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, the Move On movement, and the Millennials and Generation Z are reminding us that America blocks the path to peace when it erects and keeps in place symbols of hate, oppression, segregation, slavery, and racial supremacy along the nation's highways, in its parks, and recreation spaces, and on its state house grounds.
we clear a path for peace when we abolish our mountainous lending practices and crippling interest rates. We journey toward peace when we have equal access to bank loans, undergraduate and professional education, equal access to affordable health care, and dignified housing. Indeed, the path to peace, to equal opportunity, is always about peace. To live under a well-functioning government that encourages sound business practices, the acceptance of the rights of others, the free flow of information, high levels of human skills, knowledge, and moral behavior, low levels of corruption, and good relations with global neighbors is all about peace. We move toward peace when black refusal of mediocrity ceases to be the catalyst for white rage. It was Thomas Jefferson who said, democracy cannot survive with an ignorant population. He meant that education, not white supremacy, is foundational to this nation's survival. America's survival is all about peace. Racial discrimination and sexism cannot be the goal of a government founded upon the virtues of equality, liberty, and freedom. One of the reasons I champion being a moral cosmopolitan is that it helps sustain it helps sustain diversity, difference, and ethical pluralism, which keeps us aware of our hidden prejudices. Sustainability is a synonym for justice. A democratic government must be all about peace, not national security, but human security. The peace we want in the world and the peace that we want in ourselves is born, this peace is born from compassionate emotion. Love is the norm that makes the practice of all virtue possible. 
That is what is missing in all global conflict resolution, which should be global conflict love-illusion. If we become more compassionate lovers of humanity, miraculous sightings of peace will break out everywhere. Because only one thing is intrinsically good, namely love, nothing else. The ultimate norm of Christian decisions is love, nothing else. Love and justice are the same, for justice is love equally distributed. Love wills the neighbor's good, whether we like them or not. Only the end justifies the means, nothing else. And decisions ought to be made situationally, not prescriptively. Joseph Fletcher taught me these six propositions on the new look in Christian ethics here at Boston University School of Theology 50 years ago. Real love is an innovative approach to achieving intimate, that is, interpersonal and social justice and global conflict resolution as love-illusion. Love is not a soft, sticky sentimentality poured across the human race promiscuously, said Howard Thurman, but a deep compassion and respect for differences and for every person's humanity until the interest of each citizen is bound to the happiness of all citizens, there can be no peace. We are children of God when we are peacemakers. God is the ultimate peacemaker. As children of God, we are heirs to heaven and co-creators of peace. Yes, the moral arc of the universe is long and it does bend toward justice. When each cosmic citizen is guided by virtuous behavior, then peace will show up locally and globally. The spiritual, educational, and technological evolution of the world is all about peace. You know, there's talk about spending one trillion seven hundred billion dollars to stockpile more nuclear bombs. Now, I won't interrupt myself to tell you what that could buy. But it seems 
like the Defense Department, is always preparing for war, not peace. But we cannot get to where we want to be doing more of the same better. If we want peace, we should remember the words often attributed to the poet Dante, the hottest places in hell are reserved for those who in time of moral crisis preserve their neutrality. If you are not righteously and socially active today, you will be radioactive tomorrow. It's all about peace. You cannot demonize virtue and expect peace to reign supreme. We cannot have what we are not willing to be. Even now, I can hear Dr. King saying that he trembled for this nation when he considered that God is just. Even now, I can hear him saying Somewhere I read that you shall reap what you sow and what you have done to others will surely be done to you. Now, this is the reason that Dr. King's unpreached sermon was titled, Why America May Go to Hell. There's no such thing as an angry peacemaker. To be a peacemaker, you must keep your better angels on speed dial. If you are weak, scared, ambitious, and immoral, you cannot be a peacemaker. Peace seeks out and embraces the beloved world community, which requires a philosophy of world culture, says Dr. Robert Cummings Neville. Together, we, we, the inescapable we, imagine, strategize, act, and advance a healing vision of our nation and world. Joining with others, we co-create using the methods of love to fulfill the purposes of love. One person rule is not about peace. The responsible use of power is held in concert, not by individuals. Regarding social justice issues, like the Nike Corporation, in response to Colin Kaepernick, we should all seek a grand and glorious adventure in consciousness raising. That's not too much of, to ask on a Sunday of a group of spiritual practitioners. The passing of King. having a healthy disregard for the 
impossible is a good idea. Like the people who attempted to do what we, what no one else would try, they contributed to creating the World Wide Web, the internet, and everything connected to it, the digital age. It seemed impossible, but peace is possible. We must think for peace, struggle for peace, suffer for peace, work, dream, and be for peace. We must be peace itself. It is about obedience to the unenforceable. We do not get what we want. We get what we are interested in. And if you are more interested in what you don't want, that is exactly what you're going to get. And so, on this half-century reunion anniversary, I send you forth to confront the economic, environmental, political, and moral collapse of the nation. Be of good courage and go forth to reverse the demonization of virtue and the near destruction of the American dream by unbridled capitalism. Be humble in the face of arrogance and go forth to rescue a culture that cannot distinguish between reality and illusion with callous unconcern for the feelings of others, with incapacity to maintain enduring relationships and an unwillingness to experience guilt. Be kind to Judas and go forth to plant the banner of peace on every continent of the universe that we may co-create a beloved cosmic community that works for everyone. From Syria to Sandy Hook, from Stoneman Douglas to South Boston, and from the sand and the sea to the stars. We send you forth from Marsh Chapel, remembering the words of Jesus, that the violence that occurs against children is violence against the kingdom of God. We send you forth to share the and raise the vibration of your love, to uplevel the vibration of your forgiveness, to increase the vibration of your service, and to so lift the vibration of your integrity and truth that you become known as miners of higher vibranium. Your vibrational address must be excellence, transformation, and peace. In the name of God Almighty, marvelous and victorious, world without end, hallelujah, amen.
We now come to the time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and lift up our lives and ourselves to God. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Lord, we come to you this day with gratitude in our hearts, for you have blessed us with a new day filled with the possibilities of hope and love. Yet we know that not all of us gathered here today or listening from afar feel your presence and this blessing. May you guide us towards your presence, showing us the way to live more joyfully and hopefully in your world. Lord, we lift up the victims of the Maryland shooting this past week and pray for their families, friends, and loved ones. In the wake of yet another senseless tragedy of gun violence, we are mindful to remember the one-year anniversary of the Las Vegas shooting. May you grant peace to all of those affected by violence in this world. May you grant peace to all of those who suffer from illness. May you grant peace to those who continue to be affected by natural disasters. May you grant peace to those who are are afflicted day in and day out by racial injustice. And may you grant peace to those who are simply in need of your presence and forgiveness. Peace, Lord. Peace in a troubled time is our continued prayer. Be with us, O God, as we look for truth. Be with us, O God, as we seek justice. Be with us, O God, as we find the courage for love in each second, each hour, each day, each week, each month, and each year ahead. Remind us that we are not alone. Remind us of our neighbor and remind us to love our neighbor as ourself. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. We now join together with the confidence of the children of God in the prayer your Son, Jesus, taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. We greet you once again here in the nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. A special word of thanks to Dean Carter for his bearing of the word among us this morning. Dean Carter, you are a living sacrament of peace yourself and of a long and illustrious relationship between Boston University and Morehouse College, where both Dean Thurman and Dr. King studied, and where the original base of the Martin Luther King Jr. Monument out in front of Marsh Chapel is built into the very foundation of the Martin Luther King Jr. International Chapel at Morehouse College. We are deeply grateful for your presence with us as sign and sacrament of all that has come before and all that our institutions can do as we continue to collaborate toward peace into the future. We have a busy week here at Marsh Chapel. We hope that you will join us on Tuesday evening for the Dean's Choice, which is a forum on young people in political action, our, so, our first student faculty forum of the semester. It takes place in the Metcalf Ballroom at the George Sherman Union from 6.30 to 8 p.m. this Tuesday. 
Next weekend, uh, Dr. Bin Song, our chapel associate for the Confucian Association, and I will be hosting a symposium, Rectifying the Name of Confucianism. It runs Friday through Sunday. More information is available on, in your bulletin and on the chapel website. Please take a moment to register if you plan to attend. Children of the chapel congregation are invited to follow, follow Mahalia out during the last hymn for children's education this week. Next Sunday, we hope you will join us at 9.45 here in the nave of the Marsh Chapel for our first Bach experience of the semester, and then during the interdenominational service at 11, the first Bach cantata, Herr Gehenit Insgerit, uh, cantata 105 by Bach. The Marsh Organization for Volunteer Engagement, our undergraduate leadership group here at Marsh Chapel, is collecting materials to put together relief kits for hurricane relief. You can find more information in the narthex or see Tom, Denise, or Devin in the narthex after the service. As the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate on Anthony Furnival's setting of Amazing Grace. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God. Oh. Uh-huh. 
Creator God, thank you for your presence in our lives, the abundance of your love and grace. We bring this offering in gratitude for all that you have done and in anticipation of all that you will do. Bless it in us that we may be vessels of justice and peace in this world. Amen. Dear friends, as we go forth for peace, let us remember that life is short and we do not have too much time to gladden the hearts of those who walk the way with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. Go forth with the God of love. Go forth with the God of mercy. Go forth with the God of peace. Amen. <laughs>